the film series that won't die. Nearly 30 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. Hello again. We're back on the Amityville podcast, which none of you have written in with a name for the podcast yet, and hopefully we'll have figured one out before we get there. I'm Tom, and this is Pat. Hey, how's it going this week? This week, we're going to be watching Amityville 5, The Curse, or just The Amityville Curse. It seems to have a couple of different variations on the title. Yeah, there's Amityville 1990, The Curse, is another one that pops up. Which is ironic, since it came out in 76. (laughs) So, no. (laughs) So, yeah, this one is the first straight-to-video Amityville horror movie, so I was going to ask if you had any particular uh, favorite straight-to-video movies or any that really jump out at you. Um... Uh, I'm gonna yeah, put, yeah. Or, well I you know I don't it's one of those is like I'm not sure if they went directly to video or if it was just so short in the and when they came out but like there's this goofy ass action movie called Hollow Point with Tia Carrere Donald Sutherland and John Lithgow that is just delightful nice uh, and the Attic Expeditions which I think maybe had something of a theatrical run but I mean hmm. it kind of I I, I want to say it may have been just direct to video. Yeah, because it like was less released and more escaped. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, especially if it comes from a studio where they'll have a contractual obligation to play like one theater or two theaters. Yeah, Um, counts. Like like uh, Freaked, cult classic, Mm -hmm. but it played New York, LA, with no fanfare uh, Mm -hmm. because the studio was dumping that same studio, Fox, who has a problem with dumping their properties. uh, Did the same thing with Idiocracy. They purpose. Opened really? it. Yeah, they opened Jesus. it in New York and LA with absolutely no like commercial advertising. They had a small print ad, I think, in the weekend paper. Mm. But one theater in each city, um, possibly Austin because of Mike Judge. Yeah. And but they were openly trying to bury the movie. Jesus. So it's not straight to video, but it was a uh, very quick layover. Yeah. What police, do you got? Yeah, Police Academy Seven played two theaters Which one and is then was done that. Mission to Moscow. Mission to Moscow. Uh huh. Jesus, I haven't. That's that's like the one I haven't seen. You're fine. I thought I had a feeling. Yeah, no, not even Ron Perlman can save it. Is Ron? Of of course, he's playing a Russian. Is Matt? Did Matt McCoy come back for that one, or did they have to recast? You know, the Steve Um, Gutenberg esque role again. McCoy did come back one last time as younger Lassard. Yeah. Um, no, Eric Lassard was George Gaines. Yeah. Anyway, what's, what's your favorite straight to video? Um, Other than all like the the combined works of Charles Band. Right. <laughs> um, well, I know Waxwork one played theaters. I don't believe two did. I love Waxwork two, and Waxwork I think that was a good time. Yeah. If it did go to theaters, it was super yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Fright Night 2 had a brief theatrical run, but that's a whole separate story on that. Yeah. Um, and now that I, I think about it, I want to adjust my answer to all of the subspecies movies as my favorite direct-to-video things, because yeah. I just find them delightful. I'm sorry, yeah. what you were going to say well, another one? On that, uh, I will say, except for the first one, all of the Tremors sequels. Uh, yeah. Well, 
I love the series, but really, two and three are the ones that I'm going to put as favorites. The others are still fun. Two's a good time. Yeah. And then, I don't know, this, these are more straight to streaming, but um, Child's Play 6 and 7. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those were really good. Yeah. Those. Cult of Chucky and Curse of Chucky in but, the opposite order. I love how, like, much in the same way Bride and Seed of Chucky had no right to be as good as they are, mm-hmm. Cult and Curse had no right to be as good as they are. Yeah. It's still the franchise that keeps giving and would have probably it. been a better idea for a podcast. Uh... Eh, but it's shorter. It's yeah. much shorter. I like the idea that nobody is talking about the Amityville movies, mm-hmm. mainly as we've seen because there's not a lot to talk about. Actually, no, we're being. I'm being a we're, jerk. I'm, I'm we're getting episodes ahead. out of it. Getting, yeah, getting ahead. Those of you who've like made it this far in this series are, you know, obviously finding something to listen to. Yeah, I, I kind of like how we're still in like a Russian roulette phase because, like. Much to my chagrin, I have enjoyed all four of the movies we've watched so far, and I'm just kind of like waiting for the first really, real clunker, mm-hmm. which may be tonight's. This one, uh, ironically, it was released direct to video, and that is essentially the only physical way you can watch it. It is not on DVD. It is noted as you know, as of today, that it is the only Amityville film not on DVD. You can watch it on uh, through Amazon Prime, or as we will be doing. Through through YouTube. Yeah. There's, um, I mean, there's discs out there. Some of them are out of print at this point. Uh, Some of them are a little bit harder to chase down, but they at least did have a release. Yes. Okay. That's a fair point. It is not, it is, uh, there's a region two DVD for, uh, but never in the U S but never never in in North America. Yeah. So the exact, um, yeah, uh, I guess we're gonna find out exactly Why? how cursed this <laughs> Amityville something is. Yeah, I'm going to assume it's not the house originally. Although this is the this is also the only one that doesn't have the house ever. Apparently, according to the IMDb, every other version or every other sequel at least shows the original house, at least in passing. And this is the only one that does not even use the house. Fair. All right. So that's, I was going to say something to look forward to, but literally it's not there, so I shouldn't. Yeah. So there's that. And the only other things were like, uh, what there's uh, another one that's be- that, that purports to be based on a novel, which was kind of funny. It kind of reminded me of like the like the old Howling movies, where like mm-hmm. even in like four, five, and six, it's like based on the Howling colon the, the or based on the novel the Howling colon this, and it's like really mm-hmm. we're still making the novels and yeah. how I do not I, I'm putting money down right now. I don't think this is going to be based on any actual novel, despite no. other than the title. Like, right. other than there's probably Amityville, The Curse, the novel, but this, I think, will have nothing to do with it. Yeah, and the Howlings, like, there was a Howling 2 novel that was never used for any of the movies. Correct. Um, from the original writer. Yeah. Then three was the marsupials, not a novel. No. Um, but four, the original Nightmare, was based on a novel. Because it was based on the, the original. Just, yeah, it was oh. just literally a remake. Fair. Uh, it, it was, well, it was a different adaptation of the same novel. Right. Gotcha. Uh, uh, and then five, the one in the castle, that's basically an Agatha Christie novel with werewolves. That mm-hmm. one's based on a novel. And I want to say the Freaks was as well. 
Okay. And then everything goes kerblowy. Exactly. <laughs> Howling 7 is not based on anything except a love of line dancing. Yeah, it's not really a movie the way we understand no. movies. It's a it's hanging out at a country bar yeah. with lots of line dancing and occasionally you get werewolf vision. And then a character is not around much anymore. Ironically, or surprisingly, it does have a recurring cast member. The the werewolf from 4, or no, the werewolf from 5, the Agatha Christie Castle one, mm-hmm. is in 7. Uh, this That one was a pet project of his. Um, he wanted to do another Howling movie, so he actually not only brought his character back. Her. Her character back. Right. It was some other characters. There were some other characters from four and six, I believe, that were incorporated. Um, It was an an attempt to combine the Howling universe as one cohesive thing, but they couldn't even make a single cohesive movie. Just fill it with line dancing. Just... Oh, my fucking God. So much line dancing. Just watch the the Mystery Science Theater werewolf movie instead. Much better. It is much better, and... We are not saying that ironically. It's yeah. more dejectedly. Mm-hmm. The, the only thing that's exciting about this one that I'm looking forward to is it has 1990s Kim Coates. Tig from uh, uh, Sons of Anarchy. The paper guy from Waterworld. And ah. to date, the only person who has uh, 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 starred in both uh, Silent Hill and a Resident Evil. Oh, all right. He's only died in one. Fair. Yeah, Kim Coates. Kind of fun. He's probably a very nice person, but he's one of those guys that always plays just a complete reprehensible scumbag. Let's see what he's got in store for us tonight. Yeah. Amityville. The Curse. 1990. Part 5. 5. Yeah. All right. right. See you in a few. All right, well, we have finished the movie, and so got to open with this question. Who got a good deal on a house this week? Well, it definitely wasn't us, and it definitely wasn't the people that were in the house this week. This, uh, well, you said it was a movie, and it is the exact size and shape of a movie. Mm -hmm. Images in sequence were accompanied by sound. Yeah, and they almost, almost tell a story. Yeah, it looks like a story. Um, It could feel like a story to people who might be just discovering movies. Exactly, but not this yeah. is not a lot. So yeah. we have uh, five people that are all buying a house together in Amityville. It is very important to note this is not this actually isn't the Amityville house. It yeah. isn't the it's not that they didn't use the model. It is just overtly not the Amityville house. Yeah, there are lines of dialogue where it seemed like they might have been ready to use that house should it have become available, like. Especially when they're shooting at a bar, which I think they might have done before they were shooting at the house. Could be. Um, they dance around it like that house is cursed. The town is cursed. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, the town of Amityville is cursed. Which, it is Amityville, at least. Like, they do overtly say it's Amityville. Mm-hmm. There are several signs outside of town that we see people drive by. Yeah. Well, one sign that one they sign. drive by repeatedly. But it's it's great, because like, you don't see it until the end of the movie, and then you see it three times in a row. 
It's mm-hmm. adorable. But so our five house hunters are uh, two couples, uh, Debbie and Marvin, who are uh, at different times boring and psychic, and Frank and Abigail, who are at different times murderous and the best characters in the film. And, and uh, we are separating them between... Uh, Marvin is just the worst. Marvin's the worst. Def- Debbie, they drop on the way to the house. You didn't have one of your premonitions again. She's psychic. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sees the house and says, I have dreamed of this house. And not in that, oh, my God, it's my dream house way. No. It's a night. She has nightmares about the house before they even find the house. And yet somehow Marvin interprets this as a great idea to buy. Mm-hmm. Because they're waiting for the realtors, so they haven't actually purchased it when they get there. Oh, no, they were going to a different house. Oh. Remember, like, when they're driving on the bridge, uh, Marvin, it says, like, they like the house is on the other side of town. And then Debbie uh, fervently tells him to turn right here and then go yeah. to this house, which so, is a cursed house. That she has seen in her nightmares that they decide to buy. Um, there's going to be places where we might have some of the dialogue confused because it feels like they shot everyone's part. With the camera set up on them, without the scripts nearby, saying, more or less, you remember what you're supposed to say in this scene, right? And sometimes that even drifts into the casual banter, so it makes no sense. It's completely disconnected. Honestly, I'm pretty sure the director considered any take where Debbie wasn't looking directly into the camera of Oak Victory. Yeah, that is completely fair. (laughs) Um, And there were a few... Even still. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. bad. This is uh Yeah, it's not good. So then so that so that's Marvin and Debbie. They have the idea to get the house and so they rope in uh couple Frank and uh Abigail. Frank is played by Kim Coates doing a pretty great Jack Torrance impression mm-hmm. in terms of just quiet. Like, it's not even like a slow progression. It's just, I'm going to start at tense, and by the end of the movie, I will be trying to murder everybody. Mm-hmm. Whereas Abigail is played by uh, Cassandra Gava of Conan the Barbarian fame. She's the witch towards the end of the beginning of Conan that uh, tells her uh, where to find Thulsa Doom in exchange for, you know, a night of, uh, we'll call it love. And uh, she, you know, it's fun because she turns out to be the best character in the movie because at first she is portrayed, seems like a ditzy kind of, I'm the drinker, fun person. But by the end of the movie, she's like, this house is screwed. It's trying to kill us. Let's get out of the house. Here's the plan. And she keeps coming up with more and better plans Mm. to get out of there because she's the best. We need to get out of here. Well, you've got a flat tire. I'm going to take the flat tire to the station to get it fixed so that we can fill the car with all of us to get the fuck out of here. She's so good. She's so good. She gets the entire situation. Uh, She's the first blood, too, in it. Um, She, like, they toast each other, and her glass shatters in her hand, and a shard is jutting out of it. Her hand is, her palm is nearly bifurcated. Yeah. So, and she barely feels it, except that she asks for a pain reliever and later on says it's still hurting, even though she said quite specifically it didn't hurt. Yeah. 
Which is part of why, like, I immediately wrote her off between just being just kind of a, the out there character, and then the first one that uh, is marked it always ends up dying. But uh, no, she uh, she escapes, which is great. I was gonna be so ang- I was gonna be more angry at the movie than I am at angry at the movie mm-hmm. if they killed Abigail, the best character. Yeah, second best character, Billy, confirmed bachelor Billy. Yep. Um, there is a scene where Abigail playfully flirts with Billy. Because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, Billy seems like he's still putting on airs, like he hasn't come out. And they never actually say that Billy is gay, but But. Abigail picked up on it pretty quick. And honestly, so many things just seem to dance around it that, yeah. Yeah. But not in, like, a silly, cliched sort of way. Like, honestly, we are reading into it more than is actually in the text of the film. Oh, but, yeah, absolutely. But it's, like, it's yeah. kind of there. And actually, it if it is there on purpose, it's presented pretty well. He just appears to be kind of a closeted dude, but, you know, yeah. not really there for comic relief or anything. Yeah. Or he's not there for any more comic relief than the uh, wise, cracky, funny guy. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, he, he's the single wisecracking friend, but, like, they never make mention of any ex-girlfriends of his or prospects or any of that. They're not trying to set him up, and nope. if you're a single person with couple friends, they always are trying to set you up. They don't do this at all, which means either they're shitty people or they're actually respectful friends that aren't trying to put you in that spot all the time, but seeing how they behave on everything else, we're ruling that out. Or they're like my friends and know the case is hopeless. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but would it, whatever it takes, um, nobody seems to think anything odd of Billy being just yeah, Billy yeah, is just comfortably Billy. single. Yes, and so all five of these people buy this house, which, as it turns out, used to be the rectory of the local church, and is now basically just being used as the storage room for all of the terrible things that happened at the beginning of the film, which, you know, we skipped over. Well, we wanted to make sure to cover the cast. Uh, we're going out of order on this one because it's the only there's, way to make sense of it. There's there's very little plot. Yeah. And they tease, they, mm-hmm. they hide it in different sections of the movie, not for dramatic effect, just for as near as we can tell, incompetence. Yeah, because we have just revealed uh, what was a end of act two, I guess, reveal, somewhere in the last chunk of the movie, that this house used to be the rectory for the church around the corner, which was a huge reveal had there not been establishing shots of this house several times and at the beginning of the movie, that exact rectory. So. We, we know that's what it was. And the, more the importantly, even if we was, didn't know it was the rectory, we know all of the things that are being stored in this basement are involved in the murder at the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. So, Priest is playing his organ. Uh, <laughs> um, and Mrs. Oh, God. Moriarty. Mrs. Moriarty. With two R's! One eye and one eye, and yeah. then she pulls the eye out because she has one glass eye, uh-huh. and is just terrible. A thing that actually happened in the movie. 
Uh, she walks into the room as he's playing the organ with a rat trap. Uh, she has just caught a rat. It is, it is it, enormous. It appears to be one of those Gambian rats that they used for Big Ben in the Willard remake. It yeah. Is, it, is a, it is less a rat and more a small cat. Mm-hmm. That is out of a standard issue uh, mousetrap. Yeah. The fact that this mousetrap didn't just kind of annoy the rat is amazing so it must have caught him at a good angle yes um she asks if rats have souls and then reminds him yeah reminds him that he has confession now so uh he leaves the rectory wanders over to the church in the middle of the night as like you do yeah it Um, may have been midnight mass it may have been, but there was literally nobody else in the no, church. He no. wanders over, gets in the confessional. One person comes in. Bars get, the door. <clears throat> we hear a bunch of kerfuffle. And then a gunshot. And the bullet rips through the other side of the confessional. Yep. They carry the confessional out of the church. They carry the organ out of the church. Some other accoutrement. Uh, they shut the church down. Yeah. And we cut to 12 years later. Title card. 12 years later, where we meet Debbie and Marv, who mm-hmm. we have talked about as much as they need to be talked about in terms, well, of pers- in terms of personality. Fair enough. I would say Marv is, through the entire movie, a skeptic. Um, he doesn't believe anything that is happening to anybody. In one scene, um, Abigail sees the blood in the tub. Is that that scene? Or uh, no, that might be later. No, that's later. All right, but oh, oh, she's painting. She's painting the house. Marvin does nothing. No, everybody else he is painting them. and cleaning and sawing and nailing. Even things. Uh, Billy at one point has a nail gun and is nailing a hole in the floor. Yeah, try in an like, attempt to repair the hole in yeah, the floor. But not like nailing something above the hole. He's just where the wood is rotted. Yeah. He's just kind of shooting nails into that, which is there to set up the nail gun. And I have to give this movie credit because it is an ongoing pet peeve in films of mine they actually use the nail gun correctly like uh, they of course end up using it like a gun gun but they show them disengaging the safety mechanism to actually allow that to happen and most movies ignore that entirely so this and uh, Cassandra Gava are literally the only things I like about this movie fair enough (laughs) Um, so yeah uh, Billy's fixing things with a nail gun Um, but yeah uh, Abigail is uh, painting the one room and or cleaning it and uh, Debbie is using solvent to strip old paint mm-hmm. Frank which she's warned to be careful about being moody yeah Frank's outside being moody um, in his defense there is a, a, an, a, a, a spectral hellhound that is giving him shit yeah <laughs> um so he's being growled at while he is chain smoking, which he does through the entire film. And Patrick didn't take even one cigarette break like a champ. Yeah, I was watching Frank smoke. I'm like, no, 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 no. I know who my influences are. <laughs> um, so at, all at once, all of the doors are slamming. All of the cabinets are opening and closing. Abigail's hand starts gushing blood. Yep. Um, it, all hell breaks loose, and everybody sees it except Marvin, who is now trying to explain away, oh, you're just imagining things. I'm... All four of you at once with the same shit going on clearly are just imagining things. There's, There's got to be another explanation. He offers none. 
He doesn't say it could be an earthquake. He doesn't say it could be. He thinks a breeze may have blown through the basement and ripped open somebody's hand and thrown every door in the house open and closed multiple times. It is for being. Uh, presented as some sort of psychiatrist or therapist character, his uh, solutions are not only unscientific, but more importantly, they are undemocratic. Mm-hmm. Because he's a shitty listener. One. He's so bad. Yeah. And yet, his taste in sweaters is nigh impeccable. I'm not with you on the sweaters, but I'm not they're a sweater so guy. Good. But I'm, I'm just, not a sweater guy, but they are good-looking sweaters. Fair. I just couldn't get my eyes off the fact that one of his fashion statements <sighs> was to wear a button-up shirt underneath the sweater which is a good look in general untucked and sticking out like he just got finished with photo day at school and had to untuck it ASAP it's just terrible which wouldn't even be the worst part of his outfit because he wears a scarf, a scarf, a or thin an scarf, ascot. not like it's either a scarf, scarf or ascot. An ascot. Yeah. yeah, but like thin fabric, not yeah. like a thick puffy scarf. No, no, no. He wears that around his neck under the sweater, under the sweater, and it sticks up. It's over the shirt collar, under the sweater, just this puffy scarf. Yeah, uh, yeah, collar. It is a look. It is just not a good look. No. But the sweater itself, I think, like, is blameless. I think the sweater itself was good. Huh. But he doesn't know. He doesn't understand, and he doesn't give a shit. Not even remotely. Um, he doesn't give a shit about anything. He doesn't give a shit about his wife having night terrors yeah. or the house being weird. He doesn't care about his friend having her hand cut open. He doesn't care about literally any of it. He just wants his house to be fixed up, and he's going to let all of these people do it while he stands around and videotapes it. It's like he can't. He couldn't afford to buy the house on his own, and he's not putting in any sweat equity. Uh, listeners at home, if you dare to watch this movie, which, uh, on that note, the YouTube copies are not great. We rented the film for $1.99 on, on uh, the Amazon app because Amazon knows they have you because it's not on any other sort of media. Yeah, the YouTubes, um, uh, just so you know, the YouTube versions. Not great. Um, one of them was... Pan and scan, or uh, it was full frame, yeah. but it had YouTube-generated subtitles. Both had very poor sound. Yeah, both had poor sound. The YouTube-generated subtitles were pulling the sound and trying to approximate. The other one was letterboxed, but did not have any subtitles, and there's a lot of whispering. Yeah. So, a lot of whispering, a lot of mumbling, and the sound wasn't great, so... Yeah, so Mar- Marv's just watching. Like, I, like if you watch this movie, if you can tell me what, if anything, he contributes to other than a completely unjustified toot. I, I, I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, he like, is a every- completely worthless character. He advances nothing. He doesn't really, ad- he doesn't reflect any of the characters. He doesn't, they could all bounce all of this back and forth with each other without him there whatsoever. He is there. Unchanged movie. Yeah. He is there to do nothing through the movie and even pretty much dies a completely worthless death. Yeah, but at least he dies. Yeah. Like, that was one of the things. So, like, towards the beginning of the movie, like, once everybody, once they all uh, show up at the house, we have, like, a standard slasher movie 
intro to the group and the group dynamic, except that you don't have an intro to the group dynamic. They're all eating Chinese food in the living room, and they all seem to be having separate conversations. Not as in, like, they're paired off with different people. They're having separate conversations with themselves all at the same time. Yeah. None of it is connecting, mm-hmm. and all of it seems like like all of them have borderline personality disorders. Yeah. And we're not it's getting really names weird. out of them. We're no. not getting, like, backstory. We're just getting we banter. Even, we barely even understand who they are in relation to themselves. Like, we know that they are friends despite the fact that none of them act friendly to each other. Mm-hmm. But we don't know where they met, don't know why they're friendly to each other. Other than Debbie and Marv being married, which at this point, you barely, I don't think they've really given their names and or confirmed that they were married. You don't know anything. Yeah, Frank and Abigail are a couple. Billy is somebody else they know. Yeah. We don't know if Frank and Abigail are married or not, I don't think. Um, it's big. Frank, I think, was mentioned. There was a brief mention. You do see a wedding picture of Frank and Abigail. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is mention when... Um, yeah, Marvin and Debbie show up at the house that he's going to check with a friend of his who's a lawyer yeah. to help with the signing. But he, I don't know if we actually we find don't out that it's Frank. for sure Frank. Yeah, we don't know that's Frank. Um, but it doesn't it really be matter because he doesn't talk about anything lawyerly. He's just helping fix the place up Frank by standing really outside smoking while yeah. his wife paints. Yeah. Um, Frank, who... Frank has a is revealed to have a mysterious past, and when I say is revealed, I mean basically looks at the camera and says, "I don't remember my past." Mm-hmm. This yeah. movie is garbage, and I would rather not talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk yeah. about the thing I don't even remember. Yeah. It's when we have we know we've spoiled <laughs> the ending. It pretty much telegraphs it from moment yep. one that Frank ain't right. Frank's the guy. Frank's the guy. Yeah. Now, little clues are dropped here and there. Um, the priest had a book that he kept. Um, little baby picture. Yeah, he kept a baby picture, some notes, some letters, and and such. Um, the, it turns out the priest had a mysterious past as well. Mm-hmm. Now, in those... In the in that stuff, there's a photograph of a little baby marked one eleven or eleven one. I think eleven one eleven one. Um, because yeah. mystery. Debbie something in a has fever to be dream. interesting in this movie. Yeah. Debbie has a fever dream and wakes up. <laughs> the first of three. Yep. She starts writing in like hard scrawl pencil, <laughs> forgive me, 111. Yeah. And she's saying it out loud so you know that it's 111 that she's saying. Yeah. But you don't know what 111 means yet. Yep. Then she's in the bathroom and she sees 111 appear on the mirror. Yes. Then she finds this baby photo and one. Or 11 slash 1 is on the back. Uh-huh. November 11th. Of course. Of course it was. Debbie is not a great actress. No. Because <laughs> she says it like she thinks she is supposed to understand what that means as much as... And no. We find out the priest had a child. Yep. And it is Frank. It is and Frank. he abandoned the child and Frank went to He abandoned to the his boy! Sorry. Not sorry. Eh, 
Um, <laughs> Frank kills the priest because it's his absentee father. And all of the supernatural stuff that's been happening in the house the whole time is apparently maybe, the priest? Maybe he is the priest. The, it is remarkable because... On its face, this movie is a guy going nuts and then eventually becoming a rampaging murderer. And the supernatural aspects, the things, uh, the door slamming, the things being moved, the, the visions of blood and violence and the spider have nothing to do with anything. The only spirit that is potentially haunting the house, which again is not the Amityville house, is the priest's spirit. Yeah, and there's there's a cool effect when and uh, somebody's in the basement approaching the confessional, which is still down there, by the way. Um, the one he died in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the a face and hands are bubbling out yeah. the front of it, kind of Elm Street, oh, uh, yeah. Freddy in the Wall style. Exactly. And it, it really, it it is very quiet. They don't ruin it with a noise or anything. It's just all of a sudden, if you're paying attention, oh my God, there's a face and hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, behind a little bit of a veil of smoke uh, or a mist in the air. Sure, sure. Um, I can't remember who it was that saw it that time because multiple people go down to the basement and see this the thing first, uh, she, it was, and get bad woojies. Yeah, Debbie saw it. Uh, Debbie was the, uh, the the face coming out of okay, the, uh, okay. the confessional. Billy goes down there later and uh, almost gets trapped in the storage room. That's right. The, that's it. And then later, Frank lights every candle in the basement storage room and makes it really nice and really special. Not for Marvin, who he's about to shoot in the face, but for us, the audience. Because yeah. we wanted Frank, Marvin dead even more than anybody. Mm-hmm. It was a ceremony. It was sacrificial. It was beautiful. Um, another person who uh, dies in that basement is... Uh, Mrs. Moriarty! Now, she's a quirky character that we haven't hard dove in on. She has the glass eye. She is an... That community theater actress who's just <laughs> going for it. It's like, what if the church lady was also the head of the Amdrams? Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, it's just... Over the top is... The the movie Over the Top is not as over the top as this. I was just an easy joke. Mouth. I'm sorry. You just shut your mouth. You don't say anything bad about Over the Top. Over the Top is over everything. Fair. <laughs> um, but no, like, she is just, like, she is playing to the back rows of another stadium. And she's supposed to be, like, the expo- the most expository of the characters. Like, she is the best source of information for our five home budding homeowners and she just comes in and does like she's purposely being more mysterious than she needs to be mm-hmm. she helps no one she warns no one she makes sure to scare the shit out of Debbie but mm-hmm. gives her no practical information that will help her and then she gets pushed down the stairs yeah and by a human hand but again reminding us that yeah it's not really it's a ghost not, thing like it's not like it would be fun if like there could if like with the ghost they could have done like a variation instead of like get out they have like the ghost saying get away right like, w- trying to warn them that mm-hmm. Frank is going to go nuts and kill them well that would have just been clever I mean yeah and she she sees Frank um it's you it's you 
she At recognizes least she didn't him. Say True. <laughs> I don't know if she managed to see him the night that the priest was murdered and just never reported him. He does run by her uh, in the fl- in the flashback prologue. Uh, according to the police detective, uh, she pointed. She basically named the local village idiot, and uh, the village idiot ended up killing himself out of like fear. Yeah, he hung himself the day after he was arrested in the tree outside, which means they didn't hold him. Maybe he is the thing haunting the house? Well, you see his ghost several times. But there is always a, outside. There's always a ghost outside just kind of standing there, sometimes with the demon dog, sometimes not. And yeah. the dog only goes after Frank. So the house there's all that to unpack if you want. to the confessional, so it's like... Yeah, it's got to be the priest. It's got to be, be the priest. Um, even though there is this other ghost that we absolutely do see several times... <sighs> With a dog. Um, we're making this movie sound so much better than it actually is. Yeah, but we're powering through it and going in the different order. <laughs> True. Because um, okay, so Quentin Tarantino should remake this movie, or somebody that wants to make a really non-linear hodgepodge of the thing. Yeah. Some well, so if somebody wants to play around with this, there's material I guess to work with. Sure, sure. Um, so. She gets killed. She says, uh, it's you, which if she pointed to the wrong guy when it happened, I'm assuming this means she now and not then recognizes this grown man from when he was a baby. Or at least 12 years. Oh, yeah. No, from yeah. a baby because it was 12 years since the murder. But like. But she wouldn't if she hadn't recognized him then. then yeah. She's going off of the picture. And we are told at the beginning of the movie, got to help the new parishioners, which means she wasn't even around for whenever this guy, this no, priest. No, no. He's new. The priest is new. The priest is new, which means. It didn't imply that she was new. If he's new to the parish, he's probably new to her. Fair, yeah. It would it would imply that yeah. he's new to the parish and she's... Oh, yeah. Frank yeah. is not local to Amityville. Right. Nor apparently was the priest at the time. He had relocated you possibly multiple times. <laughs> oh. Um, but maybe. But... So she didn't even ever see this baby personally. She just knows this photograph, if she's been snooping, that's how she recognized this adult who was about to push her down the steps. That doesn't add up. No. None of this movie adds up. No. But luckily, there's not really a lot of, like, gore or jump scares or real Mm -hmm. special effects. Like, this movie... To the extent that you, you're interested in it, it it's like a di- like like a wheel rolling down a road that is almost about to like lose its momentum and topple over, and then something gives it a nudge so it keeps going a little bit longer, mm-hmm. just but with no real energy or drive, and it, it's yeah. just really annoying until you get to the end. Once Frank goes uh, completely berserk. We have a lot of fun bits. Yeah, once we've revealed that Frank is absolutely the villain and that he has come here to help his friend hook, like fix up a house that happens to be the house right next to where he killed his father 12 years ago. How, that Okay, that level of coincidence is, is it, a bit much. Is it possible that the movie is just being too subtle? 
in terms of like the Amityville franchise aspects of it, maybe the house is working on him to an extent. Maybe it, that it summoned the people. couple so that they would yeah. come in to lure Frank into the house for a revenge plot. Could be. Yeah. That would have been an interesting thing to explore. If they even implied it for a second. Exactly. So yeah, Frank is oh. now full evil. And he's he's going after he's everyone. He's somehow talking even less mm-hmm. and smoking more. Yeah, and we get the big reveal when he kills Marvin. If again you were unsure whatsoever, cannot understate how satisfying that was. Yeah, and it wasn't even really a good death no. as far as a horror movie is concerned. But it was just good. We don't have just to deal with Marvin anymore. F that guy. Um, then he, Debbie finds Marvin and is pleading with his corpse as Frank reveals himself from the other half of the confessional and she throws some of that solution in his face that he had warned, that she had been warned about. Yep. So he's now got half melting man on almost, one side of his face. It, it kind of reminded me of the bit in Gremlins 2 when, yep. they're, when they're in the lab and the, it's like the, the, the one jar is marked ass don't throw in face mm-hmm. and she the threw it in the face movie. yep <laughs> and so you get like a really the, uh, honestly the look of half melted Frank is pretty good yeah like for all for a movie that has had very little in terms of gore or mm-hmm. violence or monstery things he he is an effective looking kind of two-facey looking guy at yeah this point. for what they've given us so far I will not I will not even come close to saying it stacks up against the effects in two. No, oh, nothing. No, yeah. this does not. This is not even as good as four. Yeah. Um, Forehead. Oh, man. Four so, was a delightful mess. <laughs> so Frank is now doing the Jason Voorhees where he's getting beaten up yeah. and hurt chunk at a time. Um, he, he gets hit with a nail gun again with the safety engaged. There is a really effective gross out bit where his hand is caught in a door and Debbie is crushing the hand and he is desperately trying to pull the hand out and he ends up skinning his own hand. Yeah, he degloves himself. Um, And then goes upside. Oh, well, with the hand, he goes upstairs and finds the gauze wrap that his wife had been using and wraps it around his hand in a gesture that could be seen as thematic if somebody understood how to do something like that. Yep. Not this movie. No. But I'm sure somebody on thought on set thought, this is clever. This oh, is I a, like this that. Is, this could be imagery. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. But the big winner is when Debbie throws uh, one of the uh, buzzsaw blades directly into his kneecap. And, yeah. man, it just thunks in there. And, ah, yeah. oh, God, both Pat and me just jumped and screamed. It was, it was, it was just terrible. It was just a such. It was God. such a lovely thunk oh, as it hit. Oh. And just the way it's jutting out. Oh, just, and, I mean, mm. she got him She got him with the Gremlins 2, then she hit yeah. him with the Gremlins 1. Yeah. Ugh. And, yeah, he, so he's, like, he starts screaming, and then he pulls it out, and, you know, blood's running down over his boots. Somehow um, I'm bleeding to death. Yep. Now, those boots had been shown in a video when uh, he killed... Mrs. What's-Her-Name. Moriarty. I'm just not going to remember it. It's <laughs> um, kind of a famous name. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. Um, 
I just I kind of am refusing. I think fair, fair. Um, so when she was pushed down the steps, she bumped into the video camera that Marvin had been using, and it starts recording. So the cops wind up when they find her body. Um, Marvin realizes the tape is fully played through. So the cops take the tape back to the precinct, watch it, and they see the boots, and they race over to the house because I guess they recognize the boots? Or they were, like, I mean, for... More like for less city folk, mm-hmm. the booths were kind of distinctive, and right. there's only four, five people in the house in addition to the murder victim. Yeah. So, but uh, like this is the most energy and concern the police have shown throughout the entire film. They're doing like when they when they're investigating Mrs. Moriarty's death. The give-a-shit attitude just radiates off of our lead cop who never takes off his fedora. Nope. Regardless of whether or not he's indoors. Well, he's got to look like a cop. He's an uncouth bastard. So, the cops are now racing to the house. Yeah. As is, as is Abby on the scooter with the newly inflated tire. Uh-huh. She's got the tire, like, strapped to it for the car. It, as she's riding through town, the music kind of sounds a little Wizard of Ozzy as she's it, on her bike. It shouldn't be as funny as it is. And it's just... Because, honestly, it's one of the few moments where I was like, Yes, Abby, go! Do it! You're, mm-hmm. oh, you're like, going to save everybody that's left. Oh, also, Billy was killed off screen. Yeah. And Debbie finds the body... And uh, they never really even explain or show what did him in. He's no, just, he's, he's just, just dead. She finds he's him and he's dead. not moving, and yeah. she says, "Oh God, oh Billy," or something like that. But because, yeah, it's not clear. Yeah, because kill your gaze. It's so, a trope. It is, <laughs> especially in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Um, so. Abigail gets to the house first and sees Frank laying on the floor, bloodied because he's been gunned down by the nail gun. Yep. He's His face has been half melted. Buzzsaw to the knee. Buzzsaw to the knee. Arrow to the knee. And Abby has the best, most appropriate reaction when she sees Debbie is bloodied from all of this. What did you do? Mm-hmm. And everything's about to go really horrible for Debbie when Frank, of course, springs to life and tries to choke his wife to death. Yeah. Taking away any ambiguous ending or any sort of, you know... It really could have... It, it really could have been something. Fun. It could have been like this fun thing. It could have at least thing. explored it for a minute Yeah, or two. where it's just like the, the final girl is blamed because obviously it's her. She's the only yeah. one left alive. You could have played two final girls against each other. Yeah. Yeah. My money's on Abby. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. She was competent. She was so competent. Debbie is psychic. She can't see the forest for the trees. Nope. <laughs> So, Frank attacks Abigail, and she manages... Uh, well, she's getting choked on the floor. Yeah. Um, so, Debbie, oh quick god. thinking... Oh, my God. Instead of hitting him with the back of the nail gun or anything else in the kitchen... They're, they're in, in the, the kitchen. kitchen. Now, kitchen is full of things such as... Pots, knives, pans, pots and pans, knives, toaster, everything. microwave, Have we learned chair. nothing from Kevin McAllister? So instead, she runs all the way down to the basement yep. to get a metal staff that was used to pin the priest in, or to trap the priest in the confessional 12 years earlier. Mm-hmm. 
and stabs Frank through the tor- through through the thorax. Yeah, for because this this could be symbolic. Like this could be like a, a book ended, like a like an, an imagery mm-hmm. thing. Because like, he used it then, and like yeah. it's kind of like, and that's the thing that ends up killing him. Mm-hmm. This movie's. And then, and then once everybody's out of the house, the uh, the house decides to do like a ghost, like this Burp. completely half-hearted. Uh, the ghost is destroying everything. Yeah, but not yeah. even destroying everything. Like just kind of remember in Real Genius when the popcorn's shooting out of the house at the yeah. end. Yeah, it looked sort of like that, but only at night and backlit. And no tears for fears. Yeah. And lame. Yeah, all of the worst versions of somebody trying to do that. Yeah. And so as Abby and Debbie are led away from the house, uh, every the, the camera pulls back to uh, to the like the wide shot of the police dealing with everything. And then if you notice in the background, the two central windows in the attic start glowing as if they're eyes mm. in the new Amity house. But in case that's too creepy for you, they also lit up the living room windows yeah. to, you know reasons it's this is the first boring one yeah this was we hope we hope to make these entertaining for you we hope to find these little nuggets to explore um and occasionally reference better movies (laughs) if it's a fun one we'll tell you yeah this was this is not and it's like it, it it's just so untenable in terms of what kind of a movie it is like you can't say it's obviously not good it's not so bad it's good it's not so bad it's bad yeah. it's just this just feels like an mm-hmm. attempt to just like hey we can use the name let's just throw something together mm-hmm. and this is what it was yeah it's you will forget it by the by tomorrow it never goes far enough to try and actually scare you. It never tries. Oh. Like, the mystery they tell you too much early on. Yeah. Every every major reveal is spoiled before somebody says it out loud. Yeah. And as far as the scares go, one of the early scenes, uh, Debbie is crawling around looking for something. And a cat runs through the scene. Because the cat jump is a thing you do in horror movies. But normally, the cat jumps in the screen and the audience jumps with the cat character she jumps back and says, oh as the cat then runs through the frame like the cat hadn't jumped at her no. and so the scare was it was the best take they had Patrick it was she didn't look at the camera <laughs> and honestly the cat was on its marks more than her so yeah. it yeah it just it did all of the things wrong Yes. It was... It, it was, had a few of the tropes. Like, we had, like, the water turning into blood. Mm-hmm. We had, like, things breaking. This movie, or this house was, uh, oh, that like, one of the key ways we knew this wasn't really even pretending to be the Amityville house was that there were cru- crucifixes in every single room, and none of them were, like, spontaneously exploding or mm-hmm. swinging upside down or anything One like of them sort of rattled. Yeah. Uh, and then, and which made it even weirder, a movie moment when Mrs. Moriarty like makes a big deal. I've brought something to help you, and it's a crucifix. And it's like there's yeah, five of them. them behind you on the wall. Yeah, who cares? 
uh, it would that like in a better movie that could be like an interesting thing about how the ghost is a priest, so it's not mm-hmm. going to be offended by a crucifix. But that is not this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it it wasn't even scary. Like you're right, they didn't even try to scare you no. at any point. And because of the supernatural uh, stuff is so tacked on, it. Is it, it it acts as a detriment to the movie instead of enhancing it? Like, cause at the at the end of the day, this movie is about a guy that was crazy, going crazier in this house and going on a murderous rampage. The supernatural aspect, like the priest never, the priest's ghost never get, gets revenge on Frank yeah. or even tries. No, I think he was the hanging boy. Uh, tries to go after Frank more. Yeah. And that's not even... That's not anything. Like, the hellhound is not anything. It's just... Mm-hmm. <sighs> and Debbie was possessed, I guess, by the priest saying, forgive me? Maybe. Or, no, I think he was possessed. She, she was being... The forgive me was the hanging boy or maybe Frank. Well, I think it was... Oh, well, no, Frank can't priest, possess her. No, you're right, you're right. Because um, the priest was sorry because he abandoned his... He abandoned he, his boy! And because he gave the birth date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. But that's like the most is, forgive me, here's a, here's some numbers. That's not a lot to work with. And if you're, and if you're doing dumb. possession, you could probably, like... You could push a little more information out. Yeah. You could throw the book with all the information at somebody. Because books are thrown at people. Doesn't it get knocked over at some point? And that's how she finds the pictures and stuff? I think eventually, but it it throws a lot of other books at her first. And I'm like, I mean, you know throwing copies of, you know, Great Gatsby or like, you know. Wait, the green light is Frank? Might as well be. <laughs> it would make just as much sense. Uh, yeah, this uh, this is no much. This was no fun. This uh, the resale value for this Amityville house was very low for me. Very low. It yeah. is cursed. Get out. Go 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 back and watch two, or three, or four. And the Andor one. One is okay. One is right definitely now, better than this. Right now, we're just saying this is this is bottom of the list. Yeah. What do we got next? Is next uh, Dollhouse or About Time? Uh, it's About Time. It's About Amityville Time. 1992. 92. Yeah. Colon. It's About Time. So, yeah, Sharknado, you stole that from the Amityville movies. Mm-hmm. But this one literally is about... Well, that one was, too. It was time travel, wasn't yep. it? Yeah. Yep. This one is travel. about a cursed clock. Sharknado, man. Sharknado is so much fun. But, yeah, this one's about a... Cl- the next one's going to be about a cursed clock. This one, number five, clearly did not capture the cultural zeitgeist. So let's go back to number four with uh, that idea. Mm-hmm. And as we're moving forward... Um, there is a prime continuity in that there is no continuity between any of these. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, don't worry about the Amityville cinematic universe too much. Yeah. <laughs> but um, still more people, coherent than the DC uh, cinematic universe. Some people have started classifying these as Haunted House Amityville and Cursed Item Amityville. Um, we've already experienced some Cursed Item, and next week will be another Cursed Item one. Apparently, the Cursed Item thing, there's like at least six or seven of them. Awesome. Yeah, Amityville-less Amityville movies. 
Yeah. And we got one that didn't have a cursed item or the house. It was no. just the, in the, the neighborhood. The town. Like, there are people in a bar that Marvin is talking to that just kind of suggests, you know, there's weird stuff that happened in this town. Mm-hmm. That happens in this town. A la, like, Castle Rock or something. Yeah. This town is cursed because 12 years ago there was this thing. Then... 12 years before that there was this other thing. Yeah. Like, two events in a town that size. Heaven for bid. I do like how um, when the detective is uh, packing up the evidence he he complains to like one of the other police just when the tourists were coming back to this town. They were not. Yeah, apparently. They were only coming to your town because they thought it was Amity Beach yeah. and 4th of July was coming. Exactly. Yeah. Or murder tours started in Amityville, which if there's this many murders happening, maybe oh, there, they have murder tours no. in Amityville. And they there are and have been for years, well, since the original incident, people doing tourism around the original Amityville house. That's so, yeah, like the tourism probably picked up because there was talk of another Amityville. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Fletcher's. Well, let's see what happens next week. Yes, with uh, Stephen Mocked of Graveyard Shift and Monster Squad fame. Nice. I'm excited about that. And directed by Tony Randall. Not hey. that one. The, the other one. The other one. The, the horror movie one. Right. We the like him. Hellraiser four? Three. three. No, three was Tony Hickox. Ah, uh, you're right. Two. You're right. Uh, two. Yeah, two. Right. Because four was Kevin Yeager. Oh, that's right. You know, before he, you know, correctly took his name off of it. Yeah. Yeah, that was an Alan Smithy. I think that's... Mm-hmm. I have the poster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll watch some other movies in between then, and we recommend you do the same. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com.